You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, A.G. Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. Back with you on a late Tuesday night. It's been an, another long one, although a little bit easier. And the benefit was I got to finally sit down and take in a full game of Blue Jays baseball for the first time since spring training opened. So that was nice. It was nice to get that much time to myself that I could actually sit and watch as people who follow the Twitter account at A underscore J underscore Andrews know because I was tweeting pretty frequently today. And, you know, when I do get the time to do that, I will do my best to kind of give my observations as the game goes. But of course, if you don't want to follow me on Twitter, you can just listen to the podcast and... You can listen to it in your car. You can listen to it at home. You can just tell your digital assistant. Just completely force that digital assistant to play Locked On Blue Jays by saying, hey, insert name here, play Locked On Blue Jays, and it'll do it. So you can get my opinions that way. Anyway, I do have some thoughts on the past couple games since... Obviously, yesterday we ran the second half of our interview with MLB.com's Keegan Matheson, which is definitely worth checking out if you haven't done so. So we have some observations. We have some news from Blue Jays camp, and we're going to go into that first, actually. Uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet reported the first 10 cuts of Blue Jays camp, and there were some... Very obvious names, but one that I think a lot of Blue Jays fans were a little disappointed to see. Anyway, we will run through them right now. So, from the pitching side, Blue Jays have optioned Thomas Hatch, Elvis Luciano, Julian Merriweather, Patrick Murphy, Hector Perez, and TJ Zoic. None of these guys were expected to really fight for a spot with the big league club I mean you could have made the argument that Hatch would have been a bullpen consideration but the Blue Jays seemed to want to keep him as a starter so obviously no room at that end so far so he went down Luciano is probably going to be in Dunedin although he's looked all right in single innings of work Julie Merriweather obviously Still coming back from Tommy John. Patrick Murphy was the low man on the totem pole. So was TJ Zoic. And and Hector Perez is probably the most surprising, if only because I thought he also had a shot at a bullpen role. But, you know, again, still young as well. So might as well send him back to Buffalo. Now, as for the batting side, four names... All non-roster invites were assigned to minor league camp. They are veteran Patrick Kivlihan, infielder Nash Knight, soon-to-be ex-Blue Jay Logan Warmuth, because 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pause right here. Just Logan Warmuth has cemented himself as a bust. That that game he played the other day against Tampa Bay. And like that was a good game for the Blue Jays. I mean Danny Jansen hitting Grand Slams, Travis Shaw um being productive. Riley Adams hitting a three-run home run. Hyunjin Ryu being dominant. We'll talk about that more later on. But Logan Warmuth continued to look completely lost. He got to the plate twice. He struck out twice. And somehow managed to commit more errors than he did strikeouts. He, he literally had a negative impact on the game when it comes to outs, which is really hard to do. So kudos to you for that, Logan. But uh, it's just, there's there's nothing you can do. I'm sorry. He's he's lost. He's he's gone. Call it. He's lying on the operating table, and you can just hear the beep. So I'm pretty sure this will be the last Blue Jays camp for Logan Warmuth. Maybe he latches on with another team. Maybe he has to go to independent ball or something. But he needs to do a lot of work if he wants to actually be a baseball player. And I'm just not seeing it. It's it's not there. Just some some people do not have it. So no surprise Logan Warmuth was cut, but arguably the biggest name for Blue Jays fans and the one they definitely got the most entertainment out of so far this spring training was catcher Alejandro Kirk. And the Blue Jays carrying all the catchers that they do. It was always going to be tough when it came time to start paring down the catchers because all of them have actually performed very well. As we talked about with Keegan on the Thursday episode from last week, Caleb Joseph's been showing himself very well as a veteran presence. Um, Danny Jansen obviously is just mashing, which is awesome. Reese McGuire has not quieted the explosive start to spring training that he had but he's been competent and then the two younger catchers Riley Adams and Alejandro Kirk are are proving to be very good that that hit for Adams uh in the Rays game brought his average up to 375 now he did strike out today so it dropped down to 333 oh no but so Adams has acquitted himself very well, and it doesn't hurt that he's likely ahead of Kirk in the pecking order. And I did forget about Patrick Cantwell, who I apologize. We'll talk about Cantwell later, too. But exactly with six catchers, one of them was going to have to go, and being the youngest member, it, it was going to be Alejandro Kirk. He's probably ticketed for a promotion given that he made it to Dunedin last year. They might just start him in Dunedin again and see if he proves to be worth a promotion up to New Hampshire. And the way he's been hitting, I mean, how can you argue with it? Uh, he padded, he's batting 500 during the spring so far. He's only 21. There's still plenty of room to grow with Alejandro Kirk. Uh, 
and eventually that bat is going to make it to the majors. We we mentioned it multiple times on the program because we cannot stop talking about Alejandro Kirk. But he is seemingly destined for major league level baseball, the way he keeps hitting. Someone's going to get him into a lineup and they're going to use him, you know, hopefully very effectively. Hopefully it's for the Blue Jays because that bat seems kind of scary, to be honest, in the hands of another organization. But again, just with so many catchers in camp, someone was going to have to go. And unfortunately, it was age before our beautiful swings. So don't shed a tear for Alejandro Kirk. You probably will see him in more spring training action. This just means he's, you know, out of the running for a major league job. But again, I can't imagine if he keeps up this pace that he will be out of the running for a major league job for long. So let's talk about some actual game action right after this message. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. All right, let's talk about some actual game action as teased before the break. Which I got, I got to think of an actual word to put in there other than actual and action. They sound too similar. Oh, well. So, three games to talk about in the past two days because the Blue Jays split squatted on Sunday. They took on Pittsburgh, they took on Tampa Bay, and then took on New York today. And it was a very impressive set of games for the Blue Jays who you know, looked like they were faltering and getting a little lost a bit. That loss to Boston was very displeasing, especially when I had to hear about it from my dad. He took great joy and be like, uh, uh, Boston not looking so bad. I'm like, dad, still spring training. Also, Boston's still bad. But there were, there were two very different stories happening. And Tampa Bay... It was about the catchers that we talked about. Danny Jansen continues to mash. He's batting 429 in spring. He has an OPS of 1.6. That is stupid. That's that's all you can say. And then Riley Adams comes on for him. It's a home run as well. He's got a 1.38 OPS. It was a rare hit for Anthony Alford kind of day, which is nice. But the main attraction in the Tampa Bay game was Hyunjin Ryu. And he looked good. He looked so good. Four and a third innings pitch. Scattered three hits. Struck out four. Did exactly what you expect Hyunjin Ryu to do. He's on a bit of a pitch count. But everyone is right now. And oh, it was... it it's It's tasty to have someone be that consistent and know he's going to do that for you as opposed to other people. So that, that was clearly the best, best part of that Tampa Bay game. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh game. 
Again, a very different story. Not a lot of hitting for the Blue Jays. They only had five hits, but they managed to put three runs across. Um, Joe Panic had two of those hits, and we might as well talk about Joe Panic now because he is doing very well. I mean, people thought he had a very good chance to break camp with the Blue Jays, and he's not disappointing. He had three hits over the past two days. His average is now up to 368. He had that triple in today's game against the Yankees, and he is basically proving to be everything Brandon Drury is not. And that's bad news for Brandon Drury. So, way Drury played shortstop in that Pittsburgh game, went 0 for 2 with a walk. So I guess that's alright. But still, was not looking great. He's no Joe Panic. So, it's, it's looking like the clock's running down on Brandon Drury's time with Toronto. But what can you do? Anyway, the story, for the most part, was the pitching in Toronto. One earned run given up, only five hits. There were four walks combined, two each from starter Anthony Kay and reliever and now demoted Hector Perez. But still for Kay, that was a very necessary bounce back performance. Show he had a little bit of control back, was able to mitigate the damage and not compound it. And that's what you need to do. If you're a guy who kind of pitches to contact. So it's good to see him do that. Thomas Hatch had another good performance. Two innings. Struck out two. Didn't allow anyone on base. Jake Patricia got his ERA down to nine. That's a plus. But obviously the big story. And I'm not talking about Sean Reed Foley scoreless inning either. I'm talking about that play that hit ESPN. Where the Pirates had the bases loaded against Perez. And it uh, it was just belted to center field. He, he hung a fastball and it was just destroyed by O'Neill Cruz and it bounced off the wall. And I don't know what the Pittsburgh third base coach was thinking. Maybe he had a, a friendly chat with Luis Rivera beforehand, but... Yeah, sending multiple players home at the same time seems like a bad idea, especially considering how perfect that relay was. Chavez Young played that ball perfectly off the wall, got it in straight to Kevin Smith, who was able to turn and fire it to to Patrick Cantwell, who got the double tag. And... (laughs) I apologize to Pirates fans, but that's probably going to be how you make highlight reels this year, is being on the on the other end of plays like that, because this is going to be a long year for the Pirates. Just stating facts. But yeah, I uh, I know the Yankees broadcast, they, they showed that play where... Um, where they had a similar situation like 35 years ago, and that's how rare it is to be able to double up someone like that. Like, that is something that sticks around in the memory banks and sticks on on the highlight reels. So it was kind of cool to do that. Then in today's game, 
another young outfielder provided a highlight reel moment for the Blue Jays when Reggie Pruitt just laid out to absolutely rob a base hit from, I am trying to remember who hit it. I, I thought it was off the bat of Andujar, but I, I could be remembering that wrong. Anyway, doesn't matter who hit it. He was out. That was the main thing because it was it was not a graceful dive by any means, but it was surprisingly effective for for what he needed to do. Um, and actually, I did get that wrong. It was it wasn't Andahar. It was Glaber Torres who hit that ball. Just um. Not a great day for Glaber Torres. Made a couple errors that gave Toronto that first run basically on a platter. That was kind... It didn't need to be charged to Garrett Cole, but... Uh, Garrett Cole looked like Garrett Cole. He struck out six batters. And Jordan Montgomery after him, four scoreless with five strikeouts. That is just not fair. But... Whatever. Blue Jays won. That's the important thing. Tanner Roark looked good. Looked like he had control of his breaking stuff, which he kind of needs to be effective, but he looked very comfortable pitching against the Yankees, and that's what you want. You want no fear. Shin Yamaguchi came in after him, pitched three innings, gave up that home run to Kyle Higashioka. The home run ball is proving to be a bit of an issue with Yamaguchi, as well as, you know, spiking some balls in the dirt. A couple times he looked like a cricket pitcher, but he battled through it. Had a solid outing. There was progress made. That's what you want to see. And yeah, just a nice little bit. Santiago Espinal had the go-ahead home run in the knife. And he's he's another guy who is making Brandon Drury increasingly redundant. And likely no longer on the 40-man. Like Espinal's on the 40-man, but he's going to be starting in Buffalo. Because he's too young. They're not going to bring him up just to be Richard Urania. They're going to let him get at bats in Buffalo. And if he continues at this pace, it's going to be almost a steal, if you think about it, acquiring him for Steve Pierce. And yeah, he, he was World Series MVP with the Red Sox in what may have been a tainted World Series. But you look at Espinal right now, and there is there is hope that the progression that he's made over the past few years is not the ceiling. It's, it's going to keep going. And if he can power balls like that, off of, you know, granted, I have to look up just how high Ben Heller was because I was pretty sure he did get MLB action. And he did. He's pitched in 25 career games. He has a career ERA of 249. So he's not bad. But, yeah, Espinal just had no mercy for Heller. He sent that pitch straight to purgatory. And again, just seeing all these younger guys who the Blue Jays have and and who seem very competent already. That's exciting. That that means there's legitimate depth in the organization and you know, when you have the injury woes that the Blue Jays seem to have year after year, that's always a good thing to be able to have in the pocket 
is, is guys you know can come up and perform the way Espinal's been doing and the way Alejandro Kirk's been doing and the way some of these young pitchers have been doing. It's it's a nice thing to be able to see and, and it's nice to be able to have hope as opposed to just gearing up for another slog. So that's where we're going to end this episode of the podcast. Just a reminder, if you're not following me on Twitter to get those juicy tidbits during game action when I'm actually watching, you can follow me at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are in there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode of the show. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. Believe I believe I've been saying Instagram without not really having any action on Instagram. I, we're going to try and fix that. So, yay pictures. And, you know, now that we've reached the end of this podcast, you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Sean. I said, Sean, it's Scott Cullen. I got him confused with the comedian. But no, it's Scott Cullen, respected fantasy baseball writer. He's doing the the Locked On Fantasy Baseball for us. So check him out. Get those tips you need to win your draft. I don't need them because I'm good. But, you know, it's definitely worth a listen. So, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at JasonTheCouch.com, I mean, Jay Andrews, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.